0: Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best books directly to you. I'm your host Stephen Campbell and I'm here with Shannon Esposito, the author of a terrific new mystery series featuring L. Presley. The first in the series is Faux Pas, and it's being released today. Sort of. Shannon, welcome. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Well, it's a pleasure to chat with you. Can you explain the reason why I said sort of uh, with with the release date? Because I know it's being released. It's already released in the U.K., but it's being released today in the United States.
1: Right. Um, This book is coming out from Severn House Publishers, and that's just the way they do it. They release the book in the U.K. um, six months before they release it in the U.S. So, yes, it is already out there in the U.K., and the ebook version and the um, hardback version in the U.S. will be December first.
0: And we can say that you are a uh, a category an Amazon category bestseller in the U.K. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We can. <laughs> <laughs> so, congratulations on that. Congratulations on the release in the United States. I love this book. I, l- I love your characters in general. We'll get into uh, another series that you're writing, but Elle is just one of those characters that you instantly sort of fall for. But she's an unusual character, and, and she has some components that all of your books have, and all of your characters have. So, let's start out by talking about L and this. I guess it's unusual, this job she has.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I think it is. Um, oh, gosh, LLL, she's such a mess. Um, <laughs> when we first meet her, she's 35, and she's still living in the Clearwater ghetto where she grew up because she's supporting her codependent alcoholic mother. And um, there's no father in the picture, so she's got some you know, serious abandonment issues from that. Um, she's pretty naive, pretty sheltered, and she doesn't handle stress well, so she has some severe anxiety attacks. Um, but, you know, she's got a good heart, and she always tries to do the
0: right thing. And you said Clearwater. You mean Clearwater, Florida, because we have, we have users or listeners all around the world. So yes, Clear, Clearwater, Florida, but not – I mean, she grew up in this area of Clearwater, Florida, but that's not where she's working now.
1: No, no. She's got this great new job um, working at the Pampered Pup Spa and Resort on this ritzy private island called Moon Key, and she works as a Doga
0: instructor. Dogi right. yoga. <laughs> now, yes, the first I'll time you, you said laugh. <laughs> you used the word Doga, I laughed, and you said, "Don't laugh. It's a real thing."
1: <laughs> it is a real thing. It's um, it started I think about a decade ago, and you can find videos, you know, on YouTube of people. Doing it, they have actual classes, doggy mm-hmm. classes. So, definitely a real thing. And I just actually saw a video today of um, cat yoga. So oh my. it's spreading.
0: Okay, is it safe to say that this is the first mystery that we're aware of that has a doggy yoga instructor as the protagonist?
1: Yeah, it's the first one. You know, I've, I have read ones with um, yoga instructors, but it's definitely the first one that I've been aware of that have doga instructors
0: okay and elle is this it she's she is she is sort of a hot mess but but she's that's it's what makes her so much fun in this relationship with her mother and relationship with her friends and of course she's a dog lover all of your books seem to feature dogs and we'll get into the other series in a little bit Um, this one also has sort of a supernatural element
1: it does. Um, along with her a bulldog mixed sidekick named Buddha, um, who she rescued, you know, from the streets five years ago, um, she also has a childhood dog named Angel, who she gets visits from, and he comes to her in spirit form when she's about to be in danger. <laughs>
0: so. and, and that happens. Pretty early on in the book, she sees she sees yeah. the, the ghost dog. and I'm, I'm, I had to read it three or four times to figure out what was going on. It's like, oh, oh really? okay, I get it, I get it. <laughs> A little bit unusual. Yes, but you get it out there right in the beginning. Yes. And so tell us the storyline for Fauxpas, if you would.
1: Um, sure. Well, you know, things are going pretty well for Elle with her new job. Um, and so one of her clients, Celeste Green is found dead at the pampered pup where she works. And even though this woman is found lying face down in spilled dead sea mud, um, it eventually comes out that she died from a Botox injection to the neck. And why this quickly becomes Elle's problem is because her child, childhood best friend, Hope, is married to Dr. Ira Kraft, who is the plastic surgeon who treated Celeste um, with Botox right before she died. <laughs> So he's arrested and charged with manslaughter at first, and then um, when the police find motive, he's charged with murder. So, you know, Hope makes Elle promise she'll help to prove her husband's innocence, and Elle goes to... Devin Burke, which is, you know, this hunky Irish PI on the island for help. And then the rest is in the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So l- let's, let's take a s- couple steps back and unpack this a little bit. You mentioned okay. that this is a ritzy island. The, the women that go to the spa where, uh, where L works are really high-end women. You know, Botox, uh, all the things that, that you can imagine, uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, kind of, uh, of a place and right. so the idea of <laughs> death by Botox <laughs> injection is kind of funny and this is also a cozy mystery yes. and one of the great things about cozy mysteries is seeing the way the amateur sleuth gets roped into the crime and that was mm-hmm. kind of fun the way you roped her into this one
1: oh, good. <laughs> fun's good
0: <laughs> yes fun is good so it's a great setting did you base um, is it Moon Key Yeah, yeah, Moon, is that based on anything?
1: It it is actually. Um, There's an island called Fisher Island, which is a barrier island outside of Miami. Okay. And um, it, as of a few years ago, had the highest per capita income of any place in the United States. And people like Oprah and Julie Roberts had homes there, so.
0: All right. Now, your fictional island is off the west coast of Florida, and right. I live on the west coast of Florida, so I was racking my mind. Is there anything up there like that? Because if no. there is, that's really cool, and I want to go see it. <laughs> no, you'd have to go down to Miami. <laughs> and that, that's, a, that's a different world over there than what we have here in the, in the west coast. Yeah. Um, you had another series that was a cozy series based on in the West Coast of Florida, the Pet Psychic Series, which is one of my favorite cozy series. So I knew I was going to like this book. Uh, let's talk for a bit about the Pet Psychic Series and, and what you've done with that.
1: Okay. Um, well, the Pet Psychic Series is based in St. Pete, Florida, which is a real place, of course. Um, and I actually, when I wrote that series, I was kind of coming off writing a darker serial killer fiction Um, So I wanted to write something, you know, light and cozy and fun just because I was so burnt out. And um, so Darwin is the main character in that series, and she is a kind of reluctant pet psychic. She gets visions from animals who suffer trauma.
0: And so there's a a little bit of a supernatural element there. Uh, Obviously, there's also uh, an animal uh, element there. So you're you're a dog person, right? You're kind of a... a and a big dog person at that.
1: I am, yes. Uh, dogs and yoga are pretty much my life. Um, <laughs> it, and, you know, the, this series came together because basically, you know, I have a 180-pound mastiff who every time I roll out my yoga mat, he thinks it's his place. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of got that the idea of doggy yoga from that, and then I went and searched it, and there's actually, you know, videos and books and everything about doga dog right now, so...
0: You said 180 pounds?
1: Yeah, yeah, but he's a big baby.
0: <laughs> I've seen really pictures is. of him on your Facebook page and on your website, but I had no idea he was that big. Yeah.
1: And then I have a little 70-pound um, rescue mix.
0: So everybody's like, she's not little, but she is to me. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is and do you travel with both of them like in the back seat of the car or one in the front, one in the back? How does that work? Uh, no, we do have to have a big SUV so they can both
1: be in the back of the car if we have to take them somewhere. But um, yeah, not very convenient. And of course, we haven't tried to stay at a hotel with them yet. <laughs> <laughs> if we could go to Moon Key, you know, we could take them and it'd be paradise for them.
0: <laughs> you know, I love the I love the setup for Moon Key. That that you the, the way you established. The reason for the place, this wealthy woman went Mm -hmm. there sometime a long time ago and she tried to take her dog into the hotel and they said, no, you can't have pets here. And she said, well, what did she say?
1: Yeah, she um, basically, you know, I mean, if you're a billionaire, what would you do? She (laughs) bought the island, fired everyone and made it completely dog friendly. So that's what
0: I would
1: do. (laughs) Which is
0: fabulous. Now, all right. You, You said you're a yoga person. You have this 180 pound dog, a 70 pound dog. Yep. Have you ever taken your yoga mat to a, a yoga studio with your dogs to at the same and and done yoga with the no, dogs they around they
1: actually do not have anything like that around here um I think it's mostly like New York California um you know the hip places and so I have not been able to find anywhere around here that I could bring my dogs so Somebody out there start something <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you should start something. Oh God <laughs> actually I could see in the pet psychic series uh, Darwin works in a pet shop and she's a co-owner of a pet shop. I could see them starting this You could combine these two things together it would be fabulous. I would
1: love to do that or have her go do you know a pet psychic reading on Moon Key or something but I don't know if that's allowed as far as um you know crossover
0: books it yeah, probably not you're you're what's known as a hybrid author where you self publish some of your work and this this new book this new series is traditionally published through Severn house, so there probably would be some issues if they were both self published you could you probably definitely, you yeah. have complete control yeah
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: so That's it, is is this your first traditionally published book it is what's been different about going through this process as opposed to when you were doing it yourself?
1: Oh, it's the, I think the biggest difference is the control. Um, you know, when I did my indie series, I had control over the covers, um, over the editor, um, over the release date and, um, it just, it's, I lost all that. Although, you know, it wasn't all bad. Um, I'm really happy with the editors that they have and the cover they come up with was great. It wasn't something that I would do because it wasn't the illustrated type cover that we are used to for cozies in the UK. I mean, in the U S mm-hmm. but it's nice. I like it. So, um, I have no complaints. It's just, it's, and of course, you know, the, the control over the, the money, um I don't don't have the dashboards to see how much or the the sales are bringing in, or
0: yeah, I think um, I th- a lot of listeners might not understand that when you indie publish something, uh, you you can see how many sales there are and, you know, when there are sales, almost on an hour by hour basis. And you get paid fairly quickly. Um, When you're traditionally published, it depends on the contract, but there are no dashboards. You can't really see the sales. There are some tricks where you can, where you can deduce some things. And you, it, it, you couldn't say that you get paid quickly (laughs) (laughs) with a traditionally published deal. (laughs) And uh, normally it's like, six months to a year after the release before you see first money after advances and things like that
1: yeah yeah and it, the um, time is definitely different like when you put out an indie book you can put it out immediately as soon as you the editing's done and you have the cover and you know it's just such a slow process in the traditional world where the book comes out a year after you finish it um you know i'm already working on the third book in this series and the first book's just coming out so
0: really wow yeah and are they on will they have you on like a once a year schedule
1: that's what it well i get i I picked my you know um time i told them i could do a book every eight months um the first two so yeah i hopefully it'll be a once a year
0: okay All right. And uh, another thing that's a little bit different about Severn House, and this is going to get into, you know, we always encourage listeners to buy the book. And we would, of course, encourage people to buy this book. But Severn House, as a publisher, uh, they're a little bit different. Their focus is on selling hardcover books uh, around the world and in the United States, selling them into libraries. So we might encourage listeners that are that think this book is for them to go to their local library and request it there.
1: Right. That would probably be um, the best way if you want to read a physical copy.
0: Yes, uh, you, you can. You can order it through Amazon. It's available, but it's not one of those books that's heavily discounted. It's not Shannon's fault. <laughs> you can read some <laughs> of her other me. books <laughs> for much less money. But this particular series uh, is one that if it were me, I would probably go to the library and get the book.
1: Yes, yes. Please request it from your local libraries, definitely.
0: And that works out really well for the author because libraries buy the books. And that's what publishers like Severn House and there are other publishers like that where their specialty is really selling to libraries. And that's a great way to build readership for an author is to have, have their books in in libraries.
1: Yeah, and that was definitely one of the... Um, the- prose that i was looking at when i you know was looking at whether i would take a, pub, a traditional publishing contract um because uh, the library market is new for me you mm-hmm. know as an indie writer you do not get into the libraries so you know just the fact that this publisher specifically um has their main client as libraries was a big plus that's
0: a new market a great opportunity to be exposed to a completely different set of readers which is a good thing Shannon what's the best way for people to keep up with you and this new series and the other work that you've done
1: um the best way would be to sign up for my newsletter on my website which is murderinparadise.com And I don't send any spam. I just send the newsletter when I have a new release or, you know, a special pricing. So
0: best way, sign up. All right. So if you like cozy mysteries, if you like sun-splashed cozy mysteries, (laughs) (laughs) you'll love Shannon's writing. So check it out at murderinparadise.com. Shannon, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you do pop by the website, please sign up for my email list. Of course, now that's after you've gone to Shannon's website and signed up for hers. I send out a lot more email than Shannon does. I send one out every Friday with a summary of the week's interviews. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and to be sure you don't miss out on great new books like Faux pas from Shannon Esposito. Thanks for listening.